This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And it is the very first day of Macworld Expo. Now, we're recording the beginning of this podcast and the end of the podcast after the Macworld Expo is pretty much closed for the day. (laughs) And um, quite honestly, we didn't get a lot of interviews today because, well, you know, guy, first day of the show, you're going to get big crowds. I didn't think they were going to get big crowds when it first opened. It didn't seem that busy, but progressively through the day, man, those crowds out there on the uh, Macworld Expo floor was, was huge was really big. But you know what I need to do? We need to stop recording for a second, guy, because I'm actually recording this on my iPhone and I don't have airport mode on. So if someone calls me or texts me, it's actually going to stop recording. We're screwed. So let's stop recording for a minute. And the power of audio, just like that, we're back. <laughs> Nobody will even see the difference or yeah. hear the difference. Well, let's hope. Yeah. So, so what noise? your opinions, guy, what did you see on the showroom floor when we got here? What were your impressions of the crowd? Well, actually, when, when we first went out... On, you, you can hold the mic. I'm okay, not, I'll hold the mic. When we first went out onto the showroom floor, um, like, first I was thinking, okay, we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to walk down all the aisles and kind of see what's here. And when we were first walking toward the, uh, the main entryway into where the expo is... There weren't that many people in line waiting to get their passes. And, you know, I think both you and I were thinking, you know, what? Well, you know, I know it's a, it's a slightly smaller hall than where we've been, you know, in the past, where, where Macworld has been in the past. But it just seemed like there wasn't that many people here. And then we walked through the magic doors. And as soon as we did that, it was like, oh, my God, there was like no place really to walk around we're you know we're lugging these these big luggage cases with computers and ipads and you know cameras and everything else and i can't count how many times somebody would kick or step on my 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 carry-on and how like it jerked in one way or the other uh so we really only kind of walked the aisles for for half the expo today and hopefully, you know, for us anyway, that the, the crowds will be a little lighter tomorrow so that, so that we can see more of it and, and actually get to the people that, you know, that we're here to talk to, which are the vendors, and, and you know, bring the, the actual Macworld Expo experience to the people that can't make it out here every year. So other than Guy Searle and myself, Tim Robertson, we also have Owen Rubin of MyMac.com and Atari and Apple and Edison Labs and countless startups that he was involved with that all failed and i'm sure that had nothing to do with owen but so owen uh impressions first day macworld expo so i agree with both of you i pulled dragging my rolling case in there i think i tripped four people in the first aisle and it took probably a good 35 minutes to get down one short aisle it was so packed with people and, and i was surprised like you when i when i went down the escalator from the press room which is up here on the second floor in this in this hall um I thought, oh, there's not that many people out there. It didn't look very crowded. Then I walked through the doors, and it was just stop. And I think I got four aisles before I had to go to my first appointment. So, uh, and that took about an hour and a half, and I got to see an like an aisle and a half to two aisles most. And then I quickly went through the other ones, weaving through people. It's packed. There's a lot of people there. So that was good to see. Now we're handing the microphone back and forth, which is why you're hearing these awkward pauses between people yeah, talking. I, I call them awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
stay with you for a second, Owen. You know, I don't think the chairs separate. He's literally moving in a whole, <laughs> a whole aisle, aisle of moving it this way. <laughs> That's pretty funny. The visual gag doesn't really work on an audio podcast, but it, it cracked us up anyways. Um, I had a lot of people asking me uh, via Twitter or email, is this going to be the iPad Expo? And, you know, when the in 2008, the year after the iPhone debuted, it was the iPhone Expo. There's no question. Um, last Macworld Expo, we knew about the iPad. We didn't have one to look at. Nobody had any cases yet. I mean, it was still months away. What do you think, Owen? Is this the iPad Expo, or is there a lot more out there? I think we called it, uh, with one other guy jokingly, iOS World as opposed to Mac World. Uh, I'm not seeing a lot of Mac stuff at all. There's a few applications. I think it's even between iPad and iPhone when I'm seeing out there, but it's definitely an iOS show. Uh, much less Mac, much more iOS. I'm beeping. <laughs> Everybody's reaching for their iPhone but me because I put mine on in airplane mode. That was, that was owned, by the way. That's why it was so loud. So, yeah, I, I got to agree with you. It does seem like it's the iOS show, but by the same token, Sennheiser is here, and I'm seeing microphone speakers. Um, I'm seeing a lot of peripheral printers. Xerox is here, um, but I'm not seeing Mac stuff. I'm not seeing the cool, not just applications guy, but peripherals specifically for the Mac. Remember when it was the Bonnie Blue iMacs and, and that generation? I mean, you were you were seeing stands for them. You were seeing displays for them. You, it was all Mac-related, and it was a bigger show, and there was a lot more vendors. There's a lot of vendors out there, Guy, but I'm seeing a lot of cases and, you know. And, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but what do you think? Well, it actually is somewhat disappointing uh, to me to not see more Mac stuff out here. But at the same time, you know, IDG can't handpick the people or the vendors that they want to have at this show. Um, you know, let's face it, trade shows in general, for the most part, are having a lot of problems these, you know, in these years, and a lot of them have closed down and will never return. So I, I think that for the good of the Macworld Expo, which I think we're all very interested in having continue, that it, it doesn't bother me that much that it seems to be more iOS-focused than Mac-focused, because I want this show to continue. And I, I have a feeling that when uh, Lion comes out and the next generation of Macs come out, because I, I think there's going to be some differences in the next version of Macs to come out, that there'll be more vendors that are Mac-related as compared to iOS. One of the things I was hoping to see that didn't materialize was Mac apps. I was hoping to see a lot more Mac app developers down there as well. Uh, noticeably missing from the floor, Adobe, Microsoft... Uh, G3 uh, software. I mean, it's a lot of the people that, I mean, Microsoft last year said, oh, yeah, we're going to support the show. We'll be there. I didn't see them. I mean, I don't see them in the list. So, hotel. Okay. So, I mean, it's just I'm seeing, I'm seeing the Mac supporters missing. Uh, and although I must admit, Guy, it's not so bad on cases this year. It used to be, I think last year was Case World. Uh, 
I mean, it's every aisle with cases, cases. There are a lot of cases down here again, a lot of stuff, a lot of accessories for iPod and iPad. Um, I do like the way they laid out the software pavilion this year. You can actually walk into it and get around. They gave it a lot more room, so they listened to complaints. So I think it's a good show. I hope it gets a little bigger next year. I'd like to see it. Although I see some of the people that are missing from last year have showed up this year, like Kensington was there and um, a couple other people that I didn't see last year. Uh, one of the things that I'm... We'll pass it to you here in a second, Guy. You're just the host of the show. Shut up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you never know it. You never know you it. You never know it. Um, I think what's going to happen between now and the next Macworld Expo, which is going to happen at the end of January again, I think it's the 27th through the 30th or something like that. They've got dates already posted for Macworld 2012. Um, yeah, and it's... yeah. I think that the Mac App Store is going to infuse a lot of cash into a lot of smaller developers for the Mac platform, and then they're going to have the money to come to the Macworld Expo, because let's be honest, small companies generally, small development companies, one or two-man shops, generally can't afford to come to the Macworld Expo. There's not enough return on the dollar for them. But what the Macworld, or I'm sorry, what the Mac App Store is going to do is going to infuse them with cash. They're going to find a lot of new customers. They're going to realize, hey, we're competing on a really a level playing field with everybody else. I don't need the greatest website in the world. I don't have to decide who I'm going to use to handle our transactions. It's all going to be through the App Store. They're going to make a lot more money, but they're also going to realize, because it's a level playing field, they need to promote themselves now. All things being equal, unless Apple features you on the main page, you know you need to have that promotion. And the only way to do that, well, not the only way, but one of the best ways to do that, literally, is the Macworld Expo. So what do you think, Guy? Yeah. Um, when, when the iPhone first came out, the very next Macworld after that, like Owen was saying, it seemed to be iPhone case world. you know. And then the year after that, we had the iOS. It wasn't called the iOS. It was just the App Store. And there were a lot of new developers that came to Macworld that had never been here before. And one of the things that IDG and Paul Kent in particular did that I thought was a great idea was to showcase some of these smaller developers, give them some space on the floor, not charge them a lot of money. And they've kind of followed that concept as well this year. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. They're screwing with me while I'm talking. And, oh, I didn't get, I didn't get one of those. I want, I want a green laser pen. I want a green laser pen. <laughs> so, you know, and now, of course, this year you see a lot of, you know, it's still, there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of iOS uh, app developers that are out there. And that, that's only kind of natural because, you know, the iOS app store has, has kind of matured. There's a lot of apps out. I mean, heck, they just sold their 10th, 10 billionth, 10, that's with a B, 10 billionth app. And some lucky woman in the UK ended up ended up getting and hung up on them. Did they sell it or did they, was it download? Oh, da- I think it was 10 billion download. Yeah, 10 billionth download. Yeah, okay. So, which means 9 billion, 9 billion free and 1 billion paid. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, Apple's not going to say. But now we, have, now we have the Mac App Store. And it, it's almost going, you know, Apple has experimented with both the iOS and then the iOS app store and now and with iTunes as well and they're taking a lot of that experience and and if you look at like the Mac app store it, it basically looks like 
a you know feature incomplete version of iTunes. Yeah. So and and that's not necessarily a bad thing because the the way that apps are sold through the iOS store is is you know and the way it's featured and all the rest of it it's relatively easy to find the kinds of apps that you're looking for and if they can follow through with that with the Mac App Store then I think next year you're right we're going to see a lot more apps and a lot more app developers for the Macintosh now we've got a lot of segments well, not a lot yeah, but we have we got, we got three segments that we recorded today that's 50% more than we had yesterday. Actually, it's uh, 300% more than we had yesterday. So we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to st- <clears throat> we're going to stop this. We're going to play the segments after the break. So please stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Don McAllister from Screencasts Online, and I never listen to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. I'm here with Kareem Morsi from uh, from Algo Algorithm Algorithm and uh, Algorithm. Oh, I know I'm going to mess this up. I already did. Algorithm DJ, and uh, they've got a, uh, a this great this great product for, for people that, that love to spin music. And what's it called? It's called DJ. It's spelled D J A Y. And and what exactly does it do? Um, so it's available for Mac and the iPad. And basically allows anyone who loves music to get into the art of DJing and use their own iPod or iTunes library to mix their favorite tracks. And uh, how easy is it is it to operate? I mean, I'm looking at the control panel here, and I'm seeing two turntables, and there's buttons, and there's knobs, and there's di- and there's dials. If somebody doesn't know anything about being a DJ, can they just jump right into this program and make it work? Absolutely. So we we specifically designed the the software. For people that have never even touched uh, a record or DJ equipment in their life. So our goal was to have something that allows iTunes and iPod users to to unleash their inner DJ and, you know, start mixing and get creative with their own music. And our goal was to not make it as complicated as other DJ apps that are out there. It should be really something that is easy, intuitive, and kind of fun to play with. So you just go ahead, you take the audio output from either your iPhone or your iPad, connect it up into... uh, The iPad. Yeah, either a mixer or an amplifier or something like that, output it to speakers, and that's it. There's absolutely nothing else that you need to be a DJ other than your iTunes library and this program, oh, and of course, an iPad. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much all you need, and it um, makes all this expensive equipment you had to buy previously obsolete, and now it's just, most people have an iPad, Um, they just need to get the app from the App Store, they already have music, so they're ready to go. And how much does the program cost? It's $19.99 on the App Store. Well, that's pretty good. Where would people go to find this program? Um, they can just search for uh, DJ on the App Store, DJAY, and then they'll find it on the, on the iTunes App Store. Okay, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right, OWC Radio. Oh, wait, I'm not doing OWC Radio anymore. I feel like it because I'm at the OWC Radio. Or wait, no. OWC right? What? I know that name from somewhere. What's your name again? Uh, the, the, the Tim and Grant Show. You know, that probably would work. We never really did that except for on video a few times. Obviously, other world computing. Um, Grant, it seems like you guys have a whole bunch of new stuff since I stopped doing the OWC radio. You wait to come out with all the good stuff, and after I'm gone, what's going on with that? 
Well, we didn't want to have to give you it all. So, you know, it was, it was every day. Can I have one of those? Can I have one of these? So, yeah, we, uh, we, we've been quite busy since, uh, well, you moved on to other things. No one ever leaves anything. They just move on to things. So, um, you know, we're doing all sorts of new products. The, the big news in the past couple of weeks, we announced it at CES, was that we're the only company to have replacement SSDs for the MacBook Airline. So from 2008 to 2010, we have a high-performance Sandforce processor-based SSD for your MacBook Air. Wait a minute, Grant. I, it's my understanding that you can't upgrade the new MacBook Air. You're lying to me. You, can, you can't upgrade it. What's going on? No, no, that's, that's entirely not true. We have a complete kit. Tool, the SSD, everything you need to do it yourself. We'll even be doing the videos like you used to do as well uh, to show people just how to do it themselves. I saw a press release um, this morning from OWC about some kind of a media center. Now, I have to be honest, I didn't read it because during Macworld I get literally a thousand press releases, but I actually left that one unread so I know I need to go back tonight and read it. But maybe I don't have to read it. Can you explain what that was? Yeah, it's really cool. It's a, um, it's, well, what it is is you could do it yourself, but what we've done is make it easy for the Mac Mini owner. It's for a 2010 Mini. You send us your Mini, and in 48 hours, we basically create an entire bundle for you. We preload Plex. It's the very first three screens. That's PC, TV, and mobile device media management center. So you can control this with your iDevice. It's got really cool libraries. It, it, it just it, You'd have to see it to believe it, and we're demoing it here in the booth. But it really makes incorporating a Mac Mini into a home theater setting really a one-cable connection. You just have to figure out how to connect an HDMI cable, and you're set. You know, I keep hearing send stuff to us and we'll do it. Turnkey is really a big thing for OWC. That's kind of new. That never really was a big thing before. But with you guys upgrading 27-inch IMAX with SSDs, this, I mean, a lot of turnkey solutions at OWC. Yeah, it just depends on the complexity. I mean, the iMac with the East SATA upgrade that you referred to, and, and you were waiting so patiently while I talked to someone for a half hour about it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's when you really get to the complexity of things that, yeah, we have to do a turnkey. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there, too, that they, they want the uh, performance advantage of something, but they're like, you know, I just don't have the time to do it. And, uh, you know, with our 48-hour turnaround service, they're like, that's reasonable. I don't, you know, I can be down that long. And, uh, you know, like with this mini program, it'll probably be even faster than 48 hours because really the only other, other upgrade we're going to do is upgrade it to 4 gig of RAM. So. Now, one of the things I did at OWC, which I was very proud of even to this day, like it's it's been a long time or something, it was a year ago, was OWC Radio. Is, has that continued after I left? Yeah, it actually has continued and, uh, we, you know, we took it into another direction. It used to kind of just be you and I or, or just yourself, actually, uh, but we've added uh, a couple of different perspectives and uh, it seems like we always often have a fight about the iPad. Uh, uh, Chris? Uh, I was going to say, it's got to be Chris taking one view and probably Michael Perry and Michael H. on the other. Yeah, that's exactly it. But uh, we, we address a lot of different topics. Uh, sometimes it's uh, not even tech-related uh, or, you know, it, or it's, it's ancillary to tech. I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be Apple or Mac. It can be, you know, what's our thoughts on, uh, on cloud computing, for instance. What do you, how do you like podcasting yourself? Is it, have you, are you really starting to get into it? or Because it takes a while. Well, I really enjoy it. I wish I had more time to do it, and I totally respect now the job that all podcasters do. It has definitely given me a greater appreciation because there's sometimes where you're trying to think of what to say, and you're like, oh, this isn't going well. Try, try it by yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun, um, but it, it's amazing the 
amount of time prep that it takes to, you know, come up with things that you want to talk about and then dive deep into them to say, okay, well, that caught my interest, but not just, you know, to get 15 seconds of, well, this is my opinion, to actually give the listeners something that's, you know, tangible that's like, ooh, I didn't know that. You, can, uh, you guys can find OWC Radio, do a search on iTunes, or simply go to maxsales.com. You'll find a link to all the products they're selling, OWC Radio, the blog, which has been extremely important to you guys and very popular. I'm always reading it. It's great stuff. Grant, thanks a lot for uh, having MyMac at the OWC booth. Oh, Tim, thank you as always. We were a friend and a partner of MyMac, and we're thrilled you're here again. Okay, I'm here with Rick Powers, who is an attendee here at the at the MacWorld Expo 2011. How are you doing today, Rick? All right, good. Excellent. Hey, doing good? Yes, uh, I expected a little bit more graphics, uh, software people represented here, but I don't see them like they usually show up, you know? So uh, that's what I was actually here for, because uh, I'm a graphic artist, and I do illustrations, and I really wanted to find out, get a hold of software without having to go through uh, magazines or through the web or whatever. So, so are, are, I guess you're a real big uh, Adobe user then, if you're, as a graphic artist? Actually, I like Painter, and I like the uh, the old version of Photoshop, but it, it, it's really not designed... Before the CS. Yeah, actually, I, um, I do airbrush work. I've done work for the Grateful Dead, and... Uh, over the years, I've, I would like to see simpler uh, drawing tools for the computer. And, and I've been seeing some of these pens. I think they're pretty cool. I think they, they have these new pens that are out. Uh, but the software that I was looking for is not here now. So. Have you ever heard of Pixelmator? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, it's, it's a program. It's only sold on the Mac App Store now. Oh, okay. um, it's, it's got some of the tools. You can do layers and things like that with Photoshop. And I'm not associated with Pixelmator. I just happen to like the program. Right. Um, there, but there's, there's a lot of software available now that, you know, Apple has opened up the, the Apple Mac App Store. And there's a lot of software that's now coming out. And some of it is only available through the Mac App Store. Where, what are, is, they, where, they, where are they located? Uh, the Mac App Store is an application that you download oh, from Apple. Oh, I see. Okay, great. Uh, what do you? How do you feel about having a channel like this and having some developers only release their software through the Mac App Store? Well, the the uh, the show itself, it seems like they're they're uh, they're specifically targeting iPads and iPhones, etc. And so, uh, for me, I'd like to see more representation of a broader range of graphics and because uh, graphics is, the, is really big now I mean it's huge so I, I plan on retiring next, this year and I plan on getting back into the graphics end and I was hoping to get start get a jump start here oh, uh, how long have you been a Mac user uh, since uh, 96 96 okay. yeah it was because of Phil Lesh of the Grateful Dead the bass player he was asking me if I had an iMac, and uh, I said, oh, boy. So I went on and started checking them out, and I bought an iMac. And I was able to use uh, different applications and, and, and um, a Photoshop, the LE that came with the Mac and all that stuff. And so I, I really would like to see more graphics, simpler 
to use, simple to use, just like a like painter. Painter is really great. So that's So do you think that that with this emphasis on the iPad yeah. as compared to the the, the, the regular the Macintosh top. OS, yeah. uh, do, do you think that it, it, it almost seems like the, the Mac is starting to wind down while while Apple is going forward with it with a different type of computer operating system? Well, I I really don't think it's it's time for the, to to give the demise of the of the desktop because somebody who has a studio and um, who likes to take an image that I I airbrush and I scan it in and then I can manipulate it I can change things Uh, I I don't think the iPad is really going to take over completely from the the, uh, the desktop or even even the uh, laptops okay well I appreciate your time thanks for stopping by bye Rick And so those are the uh, three segments that Guy Sherrill and I recorded today on the... There's going to be more tomorrow, I yeah. promise, because it was just crazy out there. We really couldn't... We actually tried to, to interview a few more people. By the way, Owen is actually playing with a green laser here in the room, and which is illegal. But, but see, you were shooting up there, and I saw it on the back wall over there. And that's what Guy was, at the beginning of the show, saying, stop it, because uh, we were shooting green lasers around the room. So we're going to wrap up the MyMac podcast, but hey, it's not the end of our coverage. If you go over to MyMac.com and look for TechFan, I would tell you which number, but honestly, I, I don't remember. But just look for Day 1, Part 2, and it's the TechFan podcast, and we're going to continue over there. See you then. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to feedback at MyMac.com. Or call our Skype number and leave a message. The phone number is 703-436-9501. If you enjoyed the MyMac.com podcast, make sure you check out the other family of podcasts, all from MyMac.com and all free on iTunes, including The Geekiest Show Ever, App Minute with Sam Levin, and Tech Fan with Tim Robertson.